everyone. Welcome to the Mission Daily, your number one source for accelerated learning. Good morning, Steph. Good morning. How are you? I'm really good. So there are a few people who are misquoted as much as Einstein. We're talking about all the apocryphal quotes. They're generally everywhere, but that's not going to stop me from dropping an Einstein quote. (laughs) I hope it never stops you from (laughs) dropping a quote. Let's hear it. Great spirits have always encountered violent opposition from mediocre minds. Love it. That's a really good one. Thanks. Yeah, I, I didn't say it, but thank you. And today's episode is called Why Violent Opposition is the Signal You Need. So wherever you're at right now, you might be struggling to find signals or confirmation that you're on the right path. And you might be thinking about ideas, plans, ways to get a promotion or start a business or side hustle or whatever the case is. And you need signals that you're on the right path. And sometimes the best confirmation that you are on the right path or that your ideas and plan is valuable or your hypothesis is on point is encountering violent opposition. So we use violent, obviously, pretty loosely here. We're not talking about you want to generally avoid and run from the people that are going to get too violent, but the people that are figuratively going to get really violent and pissed off about your ideas, this is the type of feedback that you need to crave because it is going to be a signal that points you in the directions you need to go. Yeah. And I'm sure Einstein got a lot of this violent opposition when he was doing everything he was doing. I was just reading last night that everyone looks to people like Einstein and Michelangelo as these geniuses that they would just create work and it'd be amazing. And everything they did, everything they touched was just perfect. But really they had thousands. I think Einstein had thousands of things that he invented that were just completely useless. And if you just keep trying and trying and knowing that you're on the right path, even if you are encountering that opposition, that probably means you're headed in the right direction, even if there's a couple fails or a thousand fails the, in the beginning. Yeah. And don't think of those thousand things or whatever. They don't need to be physical inventions. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about small ideas and small new hypotheses that ultimately combine together to form a monumental theory, a new theory about the universe, whether that's right or wrong. It doesn't really matter. It advanced us in a major way and helped pave the way for newer, better, greater theories. So if you want to do that, This episode is going to be, we're going to share some personal stories. Again, I'm going to try to do my best to share stories that I haven't shared publicly before. And so this is uh, another time where I'll do that. I'm excited. All right. But first, before we dive into this episode, let's give a shout out to our awesome sponsor, Twilio. So the Twilio Signal Conference is coming right up. The mission team will be on location at the conference. So we're really excited. So don't forget to use our promo code MISSION20 when you check out and grab those conference tickets to get 20% off today. So here's the story. A while ago, I was giving a talk to transitioning veterans, business people, and professors, and generally everybody around the area in Monterey Bay. It was at the Defense Foreign Language Institute, and I was giving a talk about, supposed to be generally structured for veterans who were transitioning out, how they could break into technology more quickly or start a business and things like that. I mean, it's not, we're not talking like revolutionary theories here, but they're generally just some things that I noticed that veterans needed to be hyper aware of when they went out, when they ventured forth into the world. These things were pretty, I would say they were not obvious to me at first. And I listed them out. These are all things that I had experienced firsthand. I confirmed that there were enough of other veterans who had experienced the same things, if not worse. So basically like, I mean, pretty proactive discrimination or people who thought that they were just, you know, brain dead idiots who didn't have anything better to do. 
like I've, I've encountered that many, many different times. Thinking of veterans like this, right? Yes, okay, de yeah. definitely. And so I presented it in a context for veterans too. These are the things you need to be aware of if you're interviewing at an organization. You need to be very, very certain that this isn't the type of organization or that your boss isn't the type of person who views veterans in this light. And of course, there were some people who were aghast in the audience, but I got into even more explicit detail about some of the times that I had encountered this and not complaining about it, but it's just something to act as a signal of what you want to avoid. You generally want to use violent opposition and when it appears as a signal for just more information, because you're going to need more information to form your hypothesis and guide your decision makings. So after the talk, the next speaker, it was a very famous New York Times bestselling author and things like that. And he basically, in his talk, reprimanded me for basically saying, you he's not a veteran, has never started a business outside of a consulting business that makes all its money telling people to do less. And he takes time out of his talk to not only reprimand me, but basically scold me and say, how dare you judge other people? And that's fine. And you know, after the talk, he even came up to me again and tried to, he viewed it as like talking sense into me and basically saying, oh, you just, you, you shouldn't be upset. You shouldn't be angry. And like all of, all of these things. And I just explained to him that I wasn't, but I also wasn't going to accept any of these false premises that people had about veterans, especially when they had no context with the military, the people, or they had no context with the technology community or working in business. And yeah, if, yeah, it's if like people- you and Ian have talked about this before about people assuming outsiders assuming every veteran has PTSD. Oh my gosh. And yeah. I think even Ben, so we have a lot of military guys on our team at the mission, but yeah, everyone's kind of had the same experience. So it is pretty funny when complete outsiders are like, no, everyone praises veterans. Everyone looks up to veterans and you know, in the business world, sadly, not always. This is not, yeah. <laughs> this is not the case for sure. Some people do, yeah, but a lot and, of them don't. Great. Yeah. And I mean, I'm actually very thankful for that active discrimination in some cases, because if you didn't have those people being honest, otherwise you might get into a business relationship with them or something. And then later on you determine, oh, wow, this person actually either hates my guts or is threatened by uh, my presence or just a whole bunch of weird behaviors that we've noticed. So that just confirmed a lot of the things that were at that point for me, just hy hypotheses, I guess, about veterans. And at that point in my mind, I had some ideas about basically how to find the best of the best veterans that were being undervalued by the market in a major, major way. And I was very fortunate to use that violent opposition encountered from the person who was a talker and a writer instead of a doer and incorporate that into my models to think like, wow, I'm really onto something here. That led me to meeting Ian, to hiring Ben and generally starting to as we explore partnerships with other companies now, there are many executives and other CEOs in Silicon Valley that are veterans as well. And that's helped inform me when I go out and think, who do I want to partner with and why? And there are a couple of very obvious signals now that I've developed. And this type of theory is really important. So I bring up the story to basically present it back to everyone else that this is the type of feedback you want to be finding, you want to get. It's not always comfortable. In many cases, it's awkward. It's very silly when you realize that somebody is going to go out of their way during their talk, stop it, look at you and basically like chide you like you're some sort of child. 
but that's great. That's really, really great to get that emotional piece, feedback. Yeah, but the important piece I think that you did is stepping back and analyzing the whole situation and applying it to your already existing theories and then creating new theories on top of that because I could see some people maybe getting upset if that were to happen to them, whereas you already were kind of expecting something and then you just allowed it to build upon that theory to create a model of the world for you to start thinking about like, well, how can I use this to my advantage? And that advantage is a lot of the veterans are basically being... Yeah, they're being not appropriately valued exactly. by the market. Yep. And people just generally think of them as a huge liability. So yeah. we see plenty of organizations that have all this talk about hiring veterans. Oh, we have this veterans program. We have that veterans program. That's called marketing. It's not It's not a reflection of what they actually do. They don't actually hire as many veterans as they say they do. Now, some organizations do. So a great example is Amazon. When we worked with them on a couple different projects, they aggressively, aggressively hire veterans, military spouses, and their families, and they promote them just as aggressively. There are a number of different technology companies that do so, and that's amazing. But there are also a bunch that just talk about it and don't actually do it. So the other thing that's important to bring up here is, so when you propose and venture a new idea forward, there's an excellent, excellent quote on this topic. And this is the final piece to help you find the signal from the noise to help confirm your own hypotheses. So the quote is, good ideas alter the power balance in relationships. That is why good ideas are always initially resisted. Good ideas come with a heavy burden, which is why so few people have them. So few people can handle it. That's by Hugh Micliad. So he's a cartoonist, a writer, and I love him. I love this quote. And I don't read this quote because I feel victimized when I have good ideas and I get that type of negative feedback. But I read this quote because I want to remind myself, this is something we're all hardwired to do. When we hear another good idea, it's easy to think to ourselves, well, that's just not good. That's That idea just isn't going to work. When in reality, we might be blind to the fact that maybe it does. Maybe it is threatening our ego to a certain extent. Maybe this idea is altering the power balance in a relationship and showing that the other person can be far more autonomous and manage things in a much better way than we originally thought. So this quote is for me a reminder that number one, you have to check yourself because if you are involved with an organization or if you're building an organization where you don't have a meritocracy of ideas, it's ultimately going to fail. And on the other side, if you are, this is a never ending battle to always fight for a meritocracy based on ideas and virtue and courage and everything like that. It's far easier said than done. But it is a battle that is winnable, but it's a battle that you have to fight every single day. So this is a quote to number one, check yourself. And then number two, realize that you can become victim, not victim in a bad sense. But if you do have many ideas and if you are very imaginative, thoughtful, empathetic, and do venture forward great ideas, you're not going to be liked by the majority of people. So that's a challenge to everyone who is very imaginative out there. It's going to take a lot of work to sell these ideas, and you're going to have to start to master psychology and a number of other sales tactics if you're ever going to sell your ideas. Yeah, and I think the main moral of the story is is to believe in your ideas as well, because you're going to have a lot of those people up front who are completely opposed to your ideas, trying to bring you down, and I think sticking with it is a key message here. Sticking with it, but not being afraid to iterate them as well, just like you were talking about earlier. And it's definitely a never-ending battle, but it's a battle that gets easier over time. So as you get vindication and feedback from the marketplace or 
feedback from others who are much more skilled than your detractors or the people who are you know, trashing you or, or your ideas, that is all the, the confirmation you need. And you start to realize that if a certain idea doesn't have enough hate or people reacting very viscerally to it one way or the other, it's probably a symptom that it's not really anything special. It's not really going to move the needle one way or the other. Now, this isn't a call to action to be just you know annoying and always try to be a provocateur. That's certainly not the case. There are plenty of people who hear theories like this, and then they go back to their organization or they go out into the world and just try to stir up trouble. Yeah. We've encountered a number of, of these people and nothing nothing is worse than someone who is just like a provocateur for no reason, who just gets a kick out of that and who goes around feeding misinformation to one person after the other. That's There isn't anything that's more annoying than that. All right, let's take a quick break to give a shout out to our sponsor, Twilio. So Twilio Signal Conference is coming up in October in San Francisco. Don't forget to use our promo code MISSION20 to get 20% off. And we will see you there at the Customer and Developer Conference of the Year. And one more idea to help implement this. So at Amazon, we gave them a shout out earlier. They have had this practice for a long time where if an executive wants to present something new, they have to write a PR release where they present the idea as if it's being launched in order to create a very clear narrative and clear picture of what it is, why it matters, and who is going to use it. And that's a very important practice because when somebody ventures forth a new idea in language, communication is very difficult. And the other person's internal dictionary and experiences don't necessarily sync up to yours. So if you put it in writing, that is a way to help distill your ideas and ensure that they're going to be understood by everybody. So Bezos would have all of his executives read these PR briefs at the beginning of each meeting. So not just, oh, I came to the meeting and I read it type thing. He doesn't do that because he realizes that nobody reads stuff generally. And he would have everyone sit down silently at the table at the start of all these meetings and physically read the brief and then talk about the idea. That's such a good idea. It's so great. And that's something that we're going to start doing on our team calls. When we have a an update or announcement, I'm not going to post them in Slack anymore. We're going to start the team call and everybody can read the brief and then we can discuss it. And it's a, just a great way to force the speaker and force the person who's presenting the idea to make them as clear as possible, but also to challenge everyone else to stop, pause, take the moment and recognize that there has been a lot of investment into this presentation and to appropriately value it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Cause I've seen that happen a lot at Google and different meetings where people come to it and there's either really nice PRDs or decks or things that someone prepared and you could just tell a lot of people there did not read it. Yeah. So then the first 20 minutes of the meeting is just trying to get them up to speed on what they even wanted to talk about because no one and read then, the background yeah. on it. And then it's just like, all right, meeting's done. And we basically just spent it trying to get you up to speed, which you could have done yourself in maybe 10 minutes or so. That's really, really frustrating, especially for the person that is brave enough to present the new thing yeah. and do all the work. So thanks so much for listening. And we will see you tomorrow. As always, if you're enjoying the Mission Daily, please, please, please message this to a friend. Tell them that this podcast is underrated, overrated, or maybe it's amazing. I don't know. It's up to you. But we would appreciate all the shares and we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. 
See you next time.